knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hello, 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 everybody. This is Derek, and with me today is the only man who can hang glide over Yosemite National Park using only a footprint and trekking poles, Carl Mandrioli. Mm. It's only been done once, and you got the record, buddy. Congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations. <laughs> Won't let the footprint die. Never. Like, never. You just you just want to use the footprint. That's fine. That's your your call. Yeah. Well. With me today is Derek Somerville, a man who's performed more search and rescue missions on his own family than anyone in the world. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? That is uh, that's cute. That's cute. I like that. Maybe not search, but rescue, right? I that is probably true. Actually, I've, we have okay. rescued our kids. Actually, uh, a couple weeks ago, we had to save our yeah. kids' life yet again. So, do oh. you know the ER doctors by the fir- by their first name? I do know quite a few. Actually, I know the okay. fire department, most of them, pretty well. Okay. So, yeah, you know. It's and a- for those new to the show, Derek has some special needs kids that have some medical concerns. This is not. Any other weird thing going on with? <laughs> we don't we don't torture our kids now. Yeah, no abuse, uh, no abuse, okay. no abuse, no abuse. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it probably happens two three times a year, um, and and if you're really lucky, then you get the you know the uh, services involved, the fire department and all that. So right, right. Good times. That's and that's what makes you cool as a cucumber under pressure. So it definitely helps. Yeah, the right guy to have around in case an emergency. But um which we'll talk about today, although you weren't quite around. I wish I was. Yeah, Search and Rescue, today's title, Calling Upon Search and Rescue for the Second Time. Something Mm. not proud of, but uh, we'll get to how that's played out. First, we got Psalm 107.19. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. Derek, how often are Mm. you distressed? (laughs) (laughs) um thankfully not too often um but when it happens yeah i feel like i need to call out for the lord for sure yep definitely i will share that i was i was very the story that we're going to share today i was very distressed like i was definitely yes calling out to the lord and praying for sure you you and we're going to get it more into detail in this but you were with the other member of our team who's cool under pressure and uh it was a challenge for you you were talking Mm. so we can maybe you can, we can bring that up if you want to. Yeah, we'll we'll come back to that, I guess. Okay. But um <laughs> okay. okay, we'll touch and go with it. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if cool under pressure was quite how I would describe it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> fair. fair. <laughs> the reason why this is for the second time, Derek, we're not quite in a season four yet, but I think that a lot of the things that we talked about and referenced in mm. season one, we definitely have folks that have, have heard all, all of our stories and all the episodes from season one. But, we, but I think that, I don't know that that's the majority. I think it's okay to start referencing some of those things from a long time ago because sure. uh, I think that we have some newer listeners and they may or may not go back. And so I had shared that when I was 19 years old, I got... Just a young kind pup. Of, a young yeah, backpacking a young pup. pup. I, I'm not going to go to the full story here, but I slipped on some wet granite and slid into Yosemite Falls, which is, I think, the second tallest waterfall in the world. And it's got like a big drop, a little river, another drop, and so on. And so I, I fell kind of between the drops, and I had somebody, you know, call search and rescue for me, and they had to bring in the helicopter and um, rappel down into the canyon and, and save me. So, yeah. Yeah, that was 19, so that's a long time ago. That was like 24 years ago, right? You, you so got a little, now, yeah, you got a little cocky, and, uh, and <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> did you have to pay for that? Did you? Did they charge you for that? Well, I was 19, so my parents paid for it, and I Ooh. think that it was, I want to say it's, it was hundreds of dollars, and now I think a rescue would be thousands of dollars, mm. right? Wow. So yeah. you're, you're so, paying for your idiocy, essentially. Is that, mm, would you say? Idiocy. Or, or was incompetence? idiot for doing that? Incompetence? I don't think so, because I, yeah, I, I guess just to dive in a little deeper, this was like only my second hike like i wasn't even a backpacker yet and i was going mm. with people that were way more experienced with me and yeah. those people were already walking on the wet granite like and they were a lot closer to the falls than i was and so i just was following along because i was the one mm. I, I would say definitely say ignorant but i was not an experienced hiker by any that's, stretch okay. that's, so that's fair ignorance I following, a good word. Along, following along yeah like a, like a sheep i like that yeah i that probably would have done the same sure. thing actually so yeah, exactly so uh yeah so i was definitely yeah the the, the victim there and thank mm-hmm. the lord like not even i don't know if i had a scratch on me after all that like it was pretty amazing and uh obviously still got into to backpack and hiking afterwards but side note i didn't i don't think i shared this with you the guy literally was running down the trail like he had grabbed a cell phone from somebody because the cell phones weren't big time at the time and he called search and rescue this is a guy who i was not like like I went to high school with, but I wasn't close friends. We had this massive high school group, right? His, his name is right. John Eshelman. And um, after that day, like I'd never, I, I pretty much never heard from him again. Really? Like after that. Yeah. So um, we get back from our backpacking trip, you know, I'm like at Rocky's house. Like it's the night we return. Right. And in my school email is an email from him. Huh. Just checking in on me, like, "Hey, man, how, it's been a long time. How's it going? I'm heading to Yosemite this week. Was just thinking of you. What's been going on? Wow! Like, 24 years later, this guy randomly emails me after I call search. How does he even have time. your email? That's well, I guess he had like searched it up. He found my school email. He had like done a Google search. That's or something, insane. So. I know. I thought it was. I thought it was crazy. And I was like, I was like, Are you kidding me? Like right now, he like 24 years later on the weekend when we called search and rescue. That's nobody quite. else. Would, nobody else thought that was as, as amazing as as I did, and I was like, "Really? Dude, that was yeah." That's kind of like eerie, creepy. What are the What are the chances of that? Yeah. What are the chances of that? Yeah, crazy. So anyway, that was a side note. But um, this time though, so this story does not involve me as the victim. Am I, am I, more, am I more the cause in this one? <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, sure. I'm gonna say you're the cause. Cause. Okay. So yeah. we'd planned. 
we chronicled this, I don't know, a few months ago. We'd planned to do this fastest known time attempt on the Red Peak Pass loop in Yosemite the day before a backpacking trip. And we did this to, so we weren't going to be away from our families and we weren't going to have to buy another a plane ticket. So we're, we were limiting our time away from kids and, and wives and such and not spending as much money. And so that was my plan. Not <laughs> maybe Your the plan. wisest in retrospect. And then as we talked about in June, like I've been struggling with some injuries and I've been kind of powering through and I, I did all the training mm. or mo- I did most of the training, right? Yeah, you did. But at one point, like like my body was hurting so bad, I'm like, I'm just going to be a liability here. Guys, I got I to gotta pull the plug. And then Jared was considering pulling the plug too. And then Rocky basically said, guys, I totally get it. But if you guys pull the plug, I'm still going. So <laughs> <laughs> no surprise. Right. And uh, so anyway, Jared ends up, ends up going with Rocky. And then I, I, I become support crew with our good friend Knowlton. Yep. And still go out there and, you know, get them all prepped and, you know, show them on the map where to go. Give them each a map. I had like drawn on the map with Sharpie the arrows and where the confusing parts were going to be right. and make sure you go this way and so on and so forth. That's the setup. But here's where I'm the cause is that I'm the guy in charge. And as a result, uh, those guys like they are excitable, enthusiastic, but along the way, they didn't make the best decisions basically. But well, let me, I mean, if I, that's the thing though, I think that's, well, one, I even on podcast on a previous podcast was telling you, I thought this is a bad idea right before the trip because something, if something does happen, then it's going to affect our trip. You ignored that advice or input, whatever. For sure. But I will say, I think something that, I don't know, maybe you thought of this, and this is why you sharpied everything, but because you, the map people are usually you or, or me or, or Knowlton, right? And then it's you're ba- now basically giving... basically everybody but those two guys. Right, right. And so to give them the map, not to say that they're not competent, they're, they're very competent, but I think... It's just, you know, it's a new thing. And then you're going on this like huge 50 mile whatever loop and you get all, you know, you get a, it's, it's, you know, it's a new uh, element to, to add into that thing. And, and you got to remember too, it, maybe you didn't think about this too, but they're, they're going to be fatigued, super tired, maybe not thinking as clearly. Right. So when they get to these crazy confusing parts, it might be more difficult than they anticipate. So, and that's right. kind of what happened, right? Kind of. There was other parts like when they weren't tired or fatigued or confused, but they still weren't making very good decisions. So yeah, <laughs> basically okay. every, you know, every trip where you're doing a lot of miles, whether it's backpacking, day hikes, running, whatever, like you need, if you're not the person to kind of like keep the wagon train moving, you need to have that person there. Mm. And that's who yeah. I am a lot of the time. Right. And they, yeah, like they were having a great old time. And so certain areas took additional time that, you know, that didn't need to. And so they, they wasted a lot of time. I'll, I'll just say that. And they would probably yeah. agree with that statement. So it, the confusing parts on the map were towards the beginning, which they handled fine. And then towards mm. the end, which is where they got stuck. So there were a lot of out and backs and confusion and it got dark and so on and so forth. Right. Meanwhile, Knowlton and I are at the trailhead and we're just waiting for them to return. We kind of had an estimated time of arrival around 10 PM to midnight. Mm-hmm. They had left earlier that day and I was staring out into like the blackest forest. There was no moon that night. And I just was like, these guys are not out there. They're like, they're not coming tonight. Yeah. That's yeah. So I called, like I was like, literally like you could, you could hear your voice echo down the valley. So I was calling out to them, hoping that if they were in a half mile, they should have been able to hear me. And it was just like the loneliest feeling to have them not 
respond, uh, basically. Frustrating. Yeah, frustrating. frustrating. So me- meanwhile, um, you were supposed to meet us, I think, in Mammoth, and so you're just kind of like, you know, you knew yeah. we were going to get in late, but you were just you had arrived and you were just kind of waiting for us to show up, right? I yeah, I got to Mammoth about nine something or other, anticipating you guys getting there about eleven, twelve, whatever. Right. And uh, I didn't hear anything. Nine, ten came along. I'm sitting there in this Airbnb with all these soft, cushy beds and a shower, <laughs> watching uh, Harry Potter and and. And there's nothing. What? There's nothing there. I don't get any phone call. So, um, and and I, you know, I didn't think I realized that you know you didn't you didn't have any reception in the valley, right? In the Yosemite Valley. So we had reception in the valley, but we were you know near. Glacier you guys were not. There wasn't. There was no reception. Oh, there, you yeah. were in a different part. That's right. Yeah. So I didn't really hear from you for a while, right? Right. Um, when was the first time you called me? Like early in the morning. Was yeah. It? So what happened was, crashed out in the car. Yeah, we would like, you know, like I probably got a couple hours sleep, we woke up and I was like, oh, it's daytime. And there's, they're like, they're still not here. Like in my mind, I'm thinking they're just going to hike through the night. They had hand, headlamps. Eventually they would make yeah. it and they did not. And so that kind of, that super freaked me out. This is where I'm talking about being distressed. And so I drove no. down to the valley hoping there was like a text or, you know, a message and they did not leave a message. They did not leave a text. And so that's when I called you and I was like, hey, sorry, <laughs> looks like we're not going backpacking today <laughs> yeah it was kind of alarming um because i couldn't really do anything you know as you mentioned earlier well I, you didn't mention this yet but the i wasn't able to get into the park at all uh, because i didn't have a reservation right. sold out so by the time our other buddy nate got there him and i were just we felt kind of helpless you know because we wanted right. to help we figured out a way to maybe get in the park but um you know thankfully we had some good news but it was it was touch and go there for a while because we you know we started making phone calls right. back home and people got out of control yep. with, you know, their responses and, and they were, you know, churches are praying and all this other stuff. So, well, I hadn't, yeah, we hadn't. So that was like a separate, that was kind of a little bit later on. Like, it, like I had gotten a text from Rahi's wife saying like, Hey, he never checked in. Like, is he doing okay? And at that point I was like, let's, let's hold off on a response, but until we, you know, yeah. give him a little more time. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. I didn't want to freak anybody out. So anyway, um, I drove back to the trailhead, and then Knowlton and I decided to head down the trail to the junction, which is about 2.8 miles one way. Right. Just we're like, you know, anybody we pass, we're just going to ask, you know, have they seen these guys or anything, or just just talk to anybody, right? Did you have pictures of them? Did you have a picture of them? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I did on my phone for sure. I'm trying to think if yeah. I have my phone on me. But the problem was, I mean, like, you know, two day hikers, like miles from a trailhead, like they're going to stand out for sure. So I wasn't so much concerned about that. But uh, what's crazy, though, is that because of COVID and the limited number of people in the park, there just weren't a lot of people on the trail. So typically you would see a ton of people and we were not seeing hardly anybody. And neither did those guys when they were out there. Right. So we go down there, we hang out, and then I'm like, they're just not like they're just not here, and we can't go beyond the tr- the junction because they could be coming in on different junctions, and we could cross our wires, it could go you know go sideways really fast. So we so we hike back up, and then we drive right. to Glacier Point, and I call search and rescue and just ask them, has anybody checked in? Has anybody checked in ranger stations? You know anything? And so they said no. So I drove to the valley to get reception again. I had to call like using a store phone, by the way, just. I didn't get reception at Glacier Point. Yeah. So anyway, so drove the valley and that's when, you know, at this point they're 14 hours overdue. And that's when I was like, all right, it's time to call search and rescue. So for the second time in my life is is involved with search and rescue, we called them and, um, got the process going. And then 
it was awesome making phone calls to Rocky's wife and Jared's wife, telling them like, "Hey, hey, hey, guys, they're uh, they're lost. <laughs> like they're they're still not back yet. Fourteen hours later." No. And this is one of the downsides of being you and being in charge of these trips. Yeah, I never want to make happens. that like, phone call. That was horrible. Those phone calls again. So, how would you? I know you're about to talk about the process of the search and rescue. Before you get into that, I want to know overall scale of one to 10, 10 being amazing. How do you feel the overall process went? Oh, for the, for the protocols. Um, yeah. For the protocols, like I would say opinion. like a seven. I mean, they, these, these guys are pretty experienced. Okay. And so they were able to quickly determine that when somebody's overdue, even though they're 14 hours overdue, as long as they're physically fit right. and they have the gear, like the water filters and the food and all that stuff, and they had emergency blankets, like they're not, it, it wasn't significant red flags. Okay. I think what you're getting at though is I get a little frustrated because the you, you sort of call 911 and then they ask you a series of questions and then you kind of go through the series of questions, you answer them, and then they pass you on to the actual search and rescue. And then right. they literally ask you the same exact same questions. questions. Right. And yep. where it got frustrating was where I was like, I was like mm-hmm. hey, I've already answered these questions. They're like, well, we want to just want to make sure we have the right information. And I was like, why not just pass me to you guys right away and not ask me the first time then? Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but what, what got frustrating was I talked to a girl who asked me the same set of questions who's part of Search and Rescue. And then right. she had me on speakerphone with a guy who was there. And then she passed me over to the guy who then for the third time asked me the same set of questions. Efficient comes to mind. Yeah. The word and efficient. At one point yeah. they clarify, like I'd answered, for example, like how old are, are these guys? And I'd answered that like three times. And then they were like, okay, so just to, just to clarify. So both of these guys are in the early forties. And I was like, wow. no, like I just gave you their ages and that is incorrect. I gave it to you wow. three times. So I got a little frustrated, but yeah. from their perspective, like it wasn't like they weren't in a hurry because they're like, you know, these guys will probably turn up. So, wow. Yeah. I don't know. Would you get, would you be getting frustrated? I would definitely be getting frustrated because I, I think now I hate to say like if you're used to search and rescue uh, as a hiker, then maybe you wouldn't be getting frustrated. But most of us are not. And so I think, you know, yeah, you're more bound to kind of get a little bit worried and freak out, especially after 14 hours. You know, I mean, because right. in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, couldn't they ask somebody for help on directions or something or like, right. couldn't they have, you know, like, couldn't they have shaved off? Now, I know that. These two guys are very enthusiastic guys, and once they start doing something, they they could easily just throw away like an hour or two doing. Who, maybe they wanted to jump in a lake for an hour, and what right. it could say that could happen. So it's for not sure. abnormal. It would be more abnormal if uh, you know you and and maybe like Nate were fourteen hours late or something like that. Right. I think so. In that regard. Um, I, I wouldn't be terrified, but I'd still be getting worried. I mean, I think you displayed a, a good amount of worry. Like, at what point do you have to decide to call? I mean, is it... Yeah, and I think that if you're talking backpackers, like, you know, like, it's not unusual for them to be 24 to 48 hours overdue if they're just, you know, struggling or if they get hurt and they just kind of struggle to the end. Yeah. And typically they're fine. Like, you know, they're near a water source or close enough or there's other hikers that can kind of help them out. Um, right. I think my concern was that they were injured and they couldn't really move right. blisters right. or whatever, you know? Well, and that's what I told the search and rescue. I said, look, these guys are legit. Like it's, this sounds crazy that we're doing this, this long loop in the back country, but chances are they're either lost or somebody got hurt and like, they're just kind yeah. of in one place. Right. 
as it turned out, they had gotten the, getting getting lost was the issue. They also wasted a lot of time in the process, and so they kind of got to the the crux of the the navigation at nighttime. So that was part of the issue. The other issue was, and this is just I think a good general rule right. is they were really like focused on the trail signs as kind of like their guide rather than the map. And as mm-hmm. we've talked about before, like the signs can be accurate and still misleading, right? Right. And so they were, and, and I think at one point there was like a sign that was missing and they're like, well, I don't know which way True. this goes. And so True. anyway, if they really were more map adept, I guess, or if they had some different te- technological tools with them, they would have been better off. So we got into the valley the second time. I called search and rescue. Now, you know, you're sitting there with, with Nate yeah. and you guys came up with an alternative plan. What was that all about? So I think, uh, you know, Nate and I, we're like, we want to get over there um, to get into the park. And you, you kind of were like, well, you can't get in because of reservations and da, 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 da. So right. we found kind of a, right. we had you ask, I think, Search and Rescue to make an exception. And they're like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. And then I think we found right. a loophole where Knowlton was going to drive out and meet us at a certain uh, back gate. And we were going to go in his car. <laughs> back gate? <laughs> the back gate. <laughs> Just the entrance. It wasn't a back gate. It was an entrance. It sounds cool to say back gate, though. Um, okay. It's not the main gate, so I'm going to call it the back gate. Anyways, what he was doing was totally, it was legit. It was legal. He was using his pass and just bringing yeah, you guys his, the in. The passes are per yeah. carload. So we were going to meet him. There was a gas station over there, and we were going to kind of uh, park the cars there. It was like a parking area, too, and convene with him in the car. But by the on the way to doing that, is when the guy sh- no no what was your plan you got to tell the plan your plan so so far all you've shared all you've shared is you're coming into yosemite so so what's the plan so the plan was to jump in Nolton's car go right. in there and i'm assuming that we were going to all meet up and maybe you know spread out and go search for these guys on a maybe a little bit more intensive uh track maybe pair up or split up and go like a certain amount of miles in and just see if we right. could figure it out ourselves because i think would have been it would have number one it felt it would have helped us feel like we were doing something for our friends and then number two i, I it would have just it would have just felt more efficient like we're not sitting around wasting time because you right. know hoping that they just show up or whatever you know so and so search and rescue i had asked them I'm like hey can like i'm just gonna have our guys just go and we're just gonna go find them and they're like no, we need you to stay put. We don't want to have more guys getting mm-hmm. lost, you know, going and finding the guys. And I'm like, we, I'm like, you don't understand. We're the ones that know right. how to read the maps. So we're going to be fine. But I, I get the perspective. Yeah. So I totally understand it. So we had kind of independently decided, like, too bad. We're going right. to help our friends. Because what I learned from Search and Rescue was that because there were so few red flags, all they were going to do was go simply see if the guys, if the car was still at the trailhead because mm-hmm. we'd left a car for them. And to see if they had shown up yet, they weren't going to go on the trail. They were definitely weren't going to send a helicopter. And so, basically, we were going to try to backpack the loop in reverse direction to help these guys. See, the, now, now see, knowing that though, hour what fourteen, fifteen, and then you hear that, and and this is what they're going to do. You know, this is going to take another, I don't know, few more hours. To me, that's really agitating because I'm right. like. Now I gotta sit here and wait for you guys to go check on a car and come back. You're not even gonna go on the trail. Right, like right, what right. the ju- like that would be agitating to me. Um, so I was yeah, and because I was the point of contact with search and rescue, I, f- I felt sort of stuck in Yosemite Valley. Like I had to be the person you know they could report back to, or if we had any new information, then I had to be the one that was available to call. Right. 
And then when you guys were like, no, 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 we're coming, we're coming, we're gonna come and save these guys, I thought, you know what, yeah, let's go, we need to be men of action here. And so I was in the yeah. middle of texting Rocky's wife saying, I would like you to be the point of contact now, because she probably wants to be anyway, right. and we're gonna go searching for these guys. And in the middle of, of texting, I get the phone call from Rocky. He's driving into the valley, they'd found the car, they'd, you know, gotten some food Jeez. out of the, the bear box that we'd left for right. him and stuff and everything was okay that's huge that yeah huge. Okay, what part of you uh wanted to actually go find them on the trail rather than get a phone call like was there, was there part of you like wanted to be here are you suggesting that i have some sort of like a like a hero complex where i need to be the, the savior exactly like did you want to be the hero part of you no, 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 no. I wanted it? them to be okay. I wanted okay. them to be on time, and then we can go backpacking for four days instead of three. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, okay, so so mistakes that they made, aside from just they took extra time doing everything from just hanging out at beautiful lakes to you know filming some stuff to right. Yeah, they just did some different some just different things. Uh, but I think one of the biggest mistakes they made was at one point, I think Rocky said that he had 2% left on his phone. He was using his phone to film, you know, for a video and he got to Nevada falls, which is like, yeah, you know, right. one of the gateways to the Valley. And he, he called, he actually made a phone call to, to me to let me know, like they were getting lost or they were coming in later or whatever. And obviously we we're at the trailhead and so we didn't have reception. So, so it just went to voicemail mm-hmm. and he didn't leave a voicemail. He just like hung up. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ask him why? Uh, I mean, I think they were just fatigued. This is kind of getting back to what your point. Like they were fatigued and tired. They just weren't thinking through that. But um, Interesting. they weren't horribly lost. I don't think at that point they were just sort like they hadn't realized that they were stuck. But they ended up crashing out for a few hours with their emergency, those like space blanket kind of things. And right. Um, and as he and yeah, Jared was had had severe blisters. He'd gotten his feet wet. Early on, there was this like meadow crossing and it was really mm-hmm. easy to slip into the swamp yep. and his feet were wet and then that just caused damage the rest of the day. So rest of the day. You know, that's yeah. something I was thinking about too, is like if you, I guess it's, they don't have a satellite phone. Maybe they were like, we're going to be fine. But I guess if you right. have your cell phone and you, and you know you're going to be filming a bunch of stuff, right? would it be worth it to bring like a little mini, just a mini, uh, and they're like a few ounces, some of the mini chargers for the phones, even to charge your phone yeah, halfway. Yeah, yeah, for sure. um, but then I realized like trying to charge Rocky's phone when we all met up, like he has issues charging yeah. his phone. So, well, and, and okay, so this gets to the question. So like, how could we have avoided this? Right. Yes. Like obviously the plan might not have been the best plan in retrospect, but Honestly, like if I didn't have those injuries and if I went, this was not gonna like we would have gotten done. Yeah. I think yeah. in time. So yeah, like Jared was rationing some of the blister stuff in the first aid kit because he thought we had to save it for, for the backpacking right. trip. And I would have told him like, dude, use all yeah. of that. Um, I would have prodded them along in certain areas and been right. like, keep going. I would have yeah. been yeah, you that, guy. that guy. Yeah. So yeah, so here's my question to you: is is if they so we we've been talking about getting one of these Garmin in reaches. Mm-hmm. These three hundred and fifty dollars devices that weigh three and a half ounces, would that have helped? Do you think if we had that? Uh, well, which one? Are you talking about the one with the maps or just the sat phone? No, it's like it's not a sat phone. It's because it, it doesn't. I don't think it's a phone, but it has like the texting. It has the SOS button. It has the tracker. The That's beacon. What I it's the same thing I have. Um, Yours is not the three and a half ounce. Not three and a half. Yours is no, just it's not like three and a half ounces. It's definitely. 
are people tracking you like it has a beacon on it are people can people yes. track you at home where you are when yes. you're backpacking yeah. okay if i yeah i have to activate it but yeah so yeah i mean that that would be huge obviously because it just gives you a frame of reference so okay mm-hmm. so let me change the question how would that have helped what do you think like logistically could have happened i mean theoretically that? like if you know you can track them i think it posts online like where they are uh sometimes on facebook and some other websites mm-hmm. could it how I mean, how how valuable would that be to like take to the rangers and be like look this is where they last pinged like an hour ago can we get get some people out there see if they need help right you know like and that's where I, I got to learn more about it is, is would I have is there an app on my phone that could show that to me once we come into cell phone range or would I be relying on somebody else at home with a computer who's describing to me what if you, I mean, if at, you're right? from my phone, um, you're able to, and it's an option you set up beforehand, uh, you can choose to have your waypoint uh, pinging. Uh, and it, I think it either goes to Facebook or it goes to certain people. So, um, so yeah, they, they okay. all know gotcha. where you are or what you're near. Okay. Cause I don't think they're pressing the SOS button. No, they no, weren't no, no. in such a bad, they weren't hurt. So they weren't in such a bad place where they were going to press that. No. So that wouldn't have worked. So the beacon would have helped. And then hopefully they, they would have been texting like, Hey, we're stuck. You know, where do we go from here? Kind of Yeah. Thing. Just to be able to text would be huge, you know? Right. Now, because, because I was expecting to go and I re- like, I could probably navigate this loop without even, you know, using a map to be honest, mm-hmm. like. I just well, you're yeah, familiar with the terrain though you know I mean that's yeah and, and I'm the, the I just done it a few times like I wouldn't so I wasn't ever like navigation was never a concern of mine leading up to this trip right. um, another option is just to get you know a watch or a GPS device that like just you know tells you to where to, where to turn at each junction so yeah. that's another possibility that's that's true too but there's not many there's not yeah. many instances where guys other than you are going to go on their own trip before our, it was kind of a, like a random surprise thing so it was another kind of ironic thing was last year i had reached out to the watch company polar and asked them if they Mm -hmm. would be interested in you know sponsoring us and for the movie that we made last year and they said they basically said no but we'll give you you know like a pro deal on on a watch Hmm. and and so and that one didn't have like you know you can't plug in your route to the watch right and so we we used that last year and then we used it again this year so it just kind of tracks your distance and so on and so forth and then they randomly sent me their latest watch that you actually can plug in the maps for. Really? Like a week and a half after our trip. That is so <laughs> funny. So, I mean, that, yeah, that's so, definitely something you should bring then every time. Yeah, sure. we're, yeah from now on, we're, we're definitely going to have that. But yeah. just kind of funny that they had that. So, or that they were nice enough to give it to us, but it was like a week and a half afterwards. Right. So, and then we have a listener, Marcus, who's like tried to convince me to buy the Garmin in reach like prior to this trip. Right. And I feel like anytime somebody makes a suggestion from experience and I say no to it, like it always ends up coming back to bite me. And this is just another <laughs> one of those times. When are you going to learn? Like, when are you no, I don't need that. I know. I know. I know. True. Definitely a lot more to that story. I'm trying to think of if there's any other key details we should share. Like there's way more to that story, but we're just given the, the gist of why yeah. our trip got sh- cut short and how search and rescue um, was involved and how we had to call them. And it was like an adventure within the adventure really. But um, I was definitely distressed and motivated for my friends to be safe. I'm very happy when they, yeah. when they called. And then of course, you know, like they're all torn up and exhausted mm-hmm. and we're driving and they're like, we're, yeah, we're out for this backpacking trip. And I was like, let's just wait half an hour and I'm going to ask you again because you are not going to bail on our backpacking trip. Right. Let's, let's go get some Mexican food in town. Talk right. about it again. 
and you ended up convincing them to yeah. keep going, which yeah. kudos I didn't want to, to you. Yeah. And honestly. that was one of the reasons why I batted the trip in the first place is I was like, I don't want to ruin two trips. And, you know, by by doing that, I sort of, I didn't ruin the second trip, but it definitely impacted it in a negative way, right? I mean, I don't want to say I told you so, but maybe I'll say right. I told you so. So maybe just, it goes back to listen to Derek more. Maybe that's what it really boils down to. I don't know. Right. Listen so. to Derek. Okay. Okay. Well, let's talk about that then. Um, what's what's the <laughs> oh, no. end of this story, Derek? What's, oh no! Like here we go. Like what's the end of this of this? Yeah, because like they're, you know, they they were gone so long. Their watch died. Like this was not a fastest known time. They don't have a record of their attempt. Um, they were zigzagging all over the place and came in on a weird trail. Like it was a disaster. And was that was that a, even the thing? A, because. Once they go, you you were you wanted to do the fastest known time. You wanted to go fast, right? But well, when they're gonna go, it's yeah, sort of. It's kind of more just like let's just do it and have fun doing well, but it. But it hadn't been set, so whatever time you get, as long as you complete it, it, it is the fastest known time because you're the first person setting that time, right? Right, right. But what, my question is, is like for me, this is not a satisfying end of the story. So what do you no. think? What do you think has to happen now? I think you have a bitter taste in your mouth, which understandably sure. so. Um, sure. I know you well enough to, to probably know you're going to try this again oh, yeah. before you before you get too old to for yourself to complete, and maybe they'll join right. you, and maybe they won't. Um, but I think it's <laughs> it's more this uh, this white whale that you want to you know tame. Which I get. It's not even that. It's just that when I yeah set out to do something, it's a goal that you want to. Accomplish. It doesn't always work out, man. It just doesn't always work out. But no, it doesn't. But in the end, like it has to work out one way or another for me. Like I I, I got to get after it and I got to complete the task, the story, whatever you want to call it. So mm-hmm. I don't know when it's gonna happen, but yeah, I'm, it's still Stay it's tuned. gonna happen, and sooner rather than later. By the way, like I'm definitely gonna try well, to make make it happen as soon as possible. That would be wise. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. wait too long till you're you know sixty. That wouldn't be, right. yeah. But this will well, be the last of these, I think. Like once this is done for me, like I'm not gonna keep doing these one day long events. Like it, it's they like, were fun for sure. To you feel to like it's plan. out of your system now, or almost? I out? think that not necessarily. Like I, I still love the idea of adventure, but I think we're gonna shift to some different things, maybe more backpacking related. So right, okay. More on that later. But um, yeah. Right. So kind of yeah, we kind of went long on that story there, but we I think did. it was worth it. Hopefully, okay. yeah. Our what we learned. Uh, our lessons learned can be helpful to those out there. We, even though, you know, we, you know yeah. like we've been doing this for years, we still make mistakes. But we wanted to make this also themed around this whole yeah. concept of search and rescue, specifically like the Yosemite search and rescue. Rescue. So we each came up with three details that you may or may not know about search and rescue, specifically in Yosemite, which has one of the best search and rescues in the world. So, all right, let's dive in, man. What you got? Uh, one of mine is that... Uh, only 250 people are around 250 people are saved in Yosemite each year. Do you think that's a high number or a low number? Well, you're implying you, that it's low when you say only, but if only, you only. portion that out, like portion to that the out, summer yeah. months, that's about one a day. One about one a day. Peak season, right? Which to me seems high. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's me. That seems high. Right. I don't know. What are your thoughts? No, and they said that for yeah. us that like they're like, yeah, we haven't had a rescue in a couple of days. And I was like, oh, it sounds like this days. might be a daily occurrence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but 250 is yeah, that seems like a lot. But there's I mean, Yosemite's big, and you gotta consider that it's not just hikers, it's mm-hmm. tourists, it's rock climbers, it's base jumpers. There's a lot going on there. Oh yeah, definitely. So yeah. 
All right. That's a good good, good detail. Point. Good point. Uh, they, you know, Yosemite's been around for, what is it, like 100 years or so, but they didn't really begin this whole search and rescue program until the 1960s. And mm-hmm. they still have a couple of veterans that are that are part of their program that have been working there since the seventies. Wow! So this is like a it's a big time legends program to yeah to work for. So That's pretty cool. Yeah, fun what fact. Uh, I'd say the number one ingredient to all this is just poor planning. Right, you would I mean, say, or that's what is. An I would agree statement. with that's what they're saying, but I would <laughs> for sure. You, I mean, how can it not be? Like that's. I would agree with that 100%. I think so poor planning leads to a lot of these rescues is what you're saying. A majority. I think there's some it's, cases that are just unfortunate accidents obviously, but yeah. uh, you know, injuries It's and not like that. They're, they're not all like, you know, rocks dropping on your head. It seems like it, a large number of these things and I bet you they confirm this could be prevented if you planned it a little bit better. So, yes. You know. And that is definitely true for ours and I will take responsibility for that. So I should have considered. So it takes a big sure. man. It takes a big man to do that, Penny. It does. Yeah. Well, well done. And this is, and I don't know if I shared this already, but this is why I won the Fleshy Award this year is because I was the planner you did. You did. of this, and it went sideways. And mm-hmm. I'm taking full credit. Going to okay. own it, and then okay. I'm going to destroy the Fleshy. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it will. It will live on somehow. Very negative award. What do, All right. what do you get in your next one? The most common issues for like why search and rescue occurs specifically in Yosemite is people getting lost, which is what happened in our case and issues with, um, water, like specifically swift water issues. People get yep. getting swept downstream, possibly over waterfalls, which has happened a number of times in Yosemite. Uh, people getting stuck somewhere like across, you know, mm-hmm. moving water. They can't cross the stream. I was thinking of ghostbusters there when I said that, but anyway, um, right. Don't cross the streams, Ray. Uh, yeah. So those are the most common issues lost and with water. Yeah. Okay. That would be a tough one. If you're stuck in a water area, like in the middle of something. Right. And you can't call anybody. You just got to like either wait there sure. or figure it out. That would be tough. You got to go survivor man at that point. And it's cold. You, you can't, you can't sleep right. on the rocks in the middle of the yep. river. Um, so one, one, the other, the, the final or one other thing that I saw that was really cool was the longest rope that the search and rescue uses is 1200 feet long and it weighs, uh, about 80 pounds. Yeah. And, uh, that's a beast. You gotta hike that in that's there. A that's beast like, a, you know, rope. the rope itself, 80 pounds. Oh. Like, gosh. Do you get a mule? I mean, do you get a mule for that? Like a horse? I would, I would guess most of the time they're using yeah. that. They're, they're bringing in the chopper, right? I would think you can't yeah. be lugging that thing all over the place. For I mean, sure. what if you don't even go to the right spot? You know, right, right. Uh, that's a good fact. I like that one. Okay, last one I got is you know when you think of Yosemite, brings different thoughts to mind. But um, mm-hmm. climbing is a big part of the culture there. But climbers mm-hmm. require fewer rescues per capita. However, when they do require a rescue, ninety percent of the big wall rescues do require the helicopter. So I'm not surprised. I'm not not surprised the biggest issue, but when they're an issue, it's a serious issue. I'm not a surprise. I mean, it's right. a, it's a crazy park. There's right. a lot of big features. I'll just say there. So it's not a surprise for sure. Yeah, they knew that. So 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 we thank Search and Rescue for all I've done. They they obviously saved my life. You know, back in the '90s, and they were willing to help out again. Uh, we did not need them. I did, by the way, kind of follow up. I did call them immediately once, you know, Rocky had checked in with me. I called and said, hey, everybody's good. And um, yeah. they asked for a clarifying call from from Rocky and Jared just to confirm that. But yeah, um, 
yeah, I did fall out there. Okay. So there you go. Things things that you nice. may not have known about search and rescue specifically in Yosemite. So yeah, it's, it's trivia time. Yeah, trivia, yeah. Trivia time. We're gonna bring you trivia, guys, but before we do trivia, we got a couple of announcements. We will be back right up. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, Almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Okay, uh, so trivia. I got three questions for you. We're going to go straight-laced. Um, one of these, I'm not even... Uh, well, you tell me your opinion right. on this one. Maybe you'll have a different opinion. Um, okay. First question comes from our buddy Knowlton Knowit on the shore, the Eagle Scout. I, I I told him I was like, hey, you know, I hung out with him the other day. I was like, hey, I'm going to be doing a, a trivia for search and rescue with Carl. Do you have any questions you want me to ask him? He said yes. He says, at what point do you think the chopper should be mm. called? What point? Uh, and maybe we apply it to our okay. guys, uh, to our story. At what point do you think the chopper should have been called? That's a great. Do you, this is an opinion question, but it's a great question. It's yeah. kind of an opinion. So yeah. I think. I mean, it's so yeah, some, t- like yeah. a typical search and rescue, they're going to call it when it's imminent danger, like me, you know, stuck in the waterfall, and hypothermia setting, right. kind of a thing. But when people are mm-hmm. lost, I I don't know how many hours past do they need to be. But when it's a situation where it's like you know they were gone for sort of a day hike slash run like for me i would be like 24 hours let's we got to get the helicopter out there yeah that's i mean yeah that's fair that's fair okay that's a good answer oh like because at that point if they, at that point at 24 hours like 24 hours overdue they're out there for a second night so yeah yeah that's tough right that's really tough right uh all right i'll give you credit for that that's, thank you that's compassionate yeah. Um, okay, so here's some. These are some number facts. These the this is from 2017, so not too long ago. I know we had some okay. park closures, and so the numbers got a little skewed. So I went back a couple extra years. Okay. Um, this is for the National Park Service. Uh, this is according to LeaveNoTrace.com. Okay. So, uh, multiple choice. How many or how much was spent? Um, in search and rescue operations in 2017, was it? Wait, wait, okay. 100- when you say spent, are you talking about like the bill for the recipient or just like it cost 
you know, X amount to run the helicopter to pay for the people like this. this Good question. The the latter. So this okay. the, the overall operational cost, mm. um, search and rescue operations. So for 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 who for the all of this the is for parks? 2017. This is 2017 for National oh, Park wow. Service. Yeah. Okay. So it's multiple choice. Don't worry. Right. Uh, is it uh, 1.2 million dollars? Okay. Is it 3.3 million dollars? Or is it seven point one million? It's gotta be seven, right? Seven point whatever. Three point three million dollars. You missed. Yeah, they don't. I know that they don't make a ton of money unless they're actually like being used, and they they and part of the payment is like housing. Is is yeah? They cover some of the so that yeah, and they said that was based on twenty eight about twenty nine hundred operations of the search and rescue and. 83,000 hours of uh, staff time. Mm. So that was all incumbent of all that okay, stuff. Okay, so I'm not sure if they're, um, they're covering, you know, like helicopter maintenance costs or even the cost of a helicopter because I would guess it would cost more than that. Uh, apparently, I guess, you know, maybe there's, um, you know, they, they said too here that helicopters act as a stressor on the wildlife and the operation itself, so they try to not use it until they really, really need to. Mm. Um, and a lot of these search and rescues are really ecologically impact the wildlife in a negative way because you get all these people going out there right. stomping around trying to find people and blah, blah, blah. So that's interesting um, because we, while we were waiting, you know, we had a lot of time on our hands Yeah, for once at <laughs> a rare time in life. Know, right? um, we had, yeah. I think we had two helicopter flyovers and when they, you know, and that we already knew there weren't any rescue mission so i'm not, not sure what the helicopters yeah. are doing there weren't any fires so interesting yeah. that is interesting i will yeah. say that on the on a good note the the numbers are on the way down is that they're like grand canyon spent um oh yeah it's a big let's one let's see well prior okay so they have this new program called the preventative search and rescue where they they inform people and they educate people and they do all this stuff to prevent things to happen and it saved the parks a lot of money. Okay. And before that, before that, Grand Canyon was spending about a million dollars a year on just search and rescue. Oh alone, my gosh! Which, yeah, people that were coming going down there without enough right. water or just had no yeah. physical preparedness. Yeah. 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 So they started this preventative program and it saved them a ton of money. Which I wonder. Is a good idea. Yeah, I was supposed to yeah. do the Grand Canyon uh, back in May. Um, I wonder if they just yeah have like a ton of signs like, you know, only Maybe. elite fitness people beyond this point, or make sure you have at least one liter of water, otherwise turn around, you know that kind of thing. It's so vast. I mean, yeah. I did. I feel like I did it the right way. I did it on a, a raft. Yeah, just wrapped it down yeah, yeah. Thing. oh for sure. Yeah. Speaking of that. Speaking of that. Speaking of canceling and trips getting ruined and wrecked. So my streak right now is every single trip this year that I planned or you know had been a part of has been <laughs> ruined or wrecked in some sort of way. So what does that or, tell you? Or canceled. Like I've got the streak, and mm-hmm. so the next one we've got coming up at the end of this month for Wyoming, you know, bringing some of the Patreon luck, folk. Buddy. Like I'm really <laughs> hoping this goes okay. <laughs> you know, stay optimistic. It can't. Ha- it can't be bad every time, right? That's um, what I after after June. <laughs> well, you've planned so many good ones though, too. It's, yeah, maybe you're due for a couple of battles. Probably. Okay, the last question. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure about this one, but um, <clears throat> this is this is what the uh, the the information said. Um, so, if you are on a rescue mission, how much can they bill you? Uh, let's say, let's say the chopper's not called. It's just like they found. You're you're uh, you're I don't want to say a victim, but you're a 
contestant on the search and rescue. Uh, this is horrible. I'm doing a horrible job. Um, let's say let's say the bill costs you more than a hundred dollars. Um, who has to pay that? Who has to pay that? There's an option of the individual paying, or okay. there's an option of somebody else paying it. And I had no idea this was even a thing, but apparently some, this is a... <laughs> these answers are really vague. The individual or some other random person. Some other organization, I'll just say. Yeah. Oh, there's so many we'll factors pay for it. that are involved here. If it's more than $100, I think it's whoever the recipient of the search and rescue has to pay it. So they said if it's if it costs more than $100, it can be billed to the individual's county of residence. Mm. I was like, I've never heard that. So I don't know. I wonder if that's because, that might, that might be, I'm curious if that's a new thing. I wonder if that's because bills just weren't being paid. It's possible. Like delinquent that's fees and law. stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I like that though, because you're paying your taxes to, yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, so... You know, if that helps them get paid better to stay funded, then yeah, I'll have to think through that a little more. But on the surface, I think that might be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely cool. Uh, yeah. So one out of three, not uh, your best, but uh, it's okay, mm-hmm. buddy. I'm going to... Yeah, I'm still gonna. Yeah, those are those those are questions I probably should know the answers to. Is <laughs> county of residence and three point three million dollars spent? Yeah, multiple choice. Silly me. Multiple choice. Silly me. Um, multiple choice. So. <laughs> um, this is kind of this is kind of a different episode, right? Like you know, talking about our story and kind of going more story mode and mm-hmm. the mistakes we made, and then you're you're telling me you know I told you so in the process right, and. Right. Different, different episode, but hopefully some takeaways, right? I'm hoping somebody attains something knowledgeable in this episode. That's right. for me. Do you, how about you? Do you have anything else tonight for us or today? What are we on? Um, okay, so yeah, typically I would have tidbits right now, but we because we wanted to kind of get our stories out about the trip or both trips, we just kind of recorded these back to back and staggered the release. So I haven't we haven't heard any responses to to really anything yet. So we're still waiting. So no tidbits. TBD. Yeah. All right. Well, right. That is it for me as well. Um, okay. Thanks a lot, guys. We have some more uh, coming up for you before season four, so stay tuned, and we'll try to keep you posted on when season four is going to start. We will see you next time, guys, on the BNB. And remember, if Carl's searching for you, you're not going to get found. So start praying. <laughs> So, yeah, um, I was talking to Carl, you know, before the episode. I was like, look, we're doing this, you know, search and rescue episode, blah, blah, blah. And before we started talking about all the details and all this stuff, before he talked to search and rescue at the park, he's like, Derek, like, if we have an emergency, like, we, you know, what do we call? Who do we call? I was like, search and rescue. He's like, the search and rescue, they're just, they're just there to, like, find my drink mix that I left on the trail. You know, like, what else do they do other than look for my drink mix? He just didn't know. He just didn't know. So you might have that friend in your group that just doesn't know, and you have to inform them. So keep a lookout. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network.
Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.